message is from Family Worship Center. This message will not only build your life, but will make you experience the transforming love of God. Open up your heart and be blessed. We are continuing where we stopped last week, servanthood. We started looking at it as one of the character of, uh, characters of Christians. And we looked at the first part last Sunday, servanthood. Today we are looking at the second part. Last week we looked at what it meant and how we should practice or live with the mindset, with the attitude of servanthood. Today we are looking at the benefits of servanthood. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you come to church with your Bibles? I am sure you have your Bibles. Open with me, please, to Mark chapter 10 and Exodus 23. Mark 10, Exodus 23. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessing of being in your house. What an awesome privilege to be in your presence. Father, we come this morning humble at your feet, and we pray that you will bless us by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that your word will come by your spirit and that every heart here is a fertile ground, that the word will fall and will bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Mark chapter 10, I will start reading from verse 42. chapter 10 from verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom to many. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. And I will take sicknesses away from the midst of you. Amen. Thank God. Somebody, I was wondering, why is nobody saying amen? <laughs> no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. Amen. I will fulfill the number of your days. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. We defined servanthood last week as the state or condition of one who lives as a servant. A condition or state of one who lives as a servant. And so you ask, who is a servant? We also define servant as anyone whose preoccupation is to look out for needs and meet them. Anyone whose preoccupation is to look out for needs and, 
and meet them. So when you decide to remain in that state as a lifestyle, as an attitude to see needs and move to meet those needs, guess what? You are living the life of servanthood. You are living as a servant. Praise the Lord. And you know what? The interesting thing I found out is that God actually put us here for service. The reason why we are alive and we are still in this world is because of service. If there is no service that is in need of us, God will call us home. And so you wake up every day to service. In case you don't know. Your life is too important to be about yourself. Your life is too important for you to wake up to yourself every day. There must be something outside you. There must be something beyond you that you are living for. To serve mankind and to serve God. That is the reason for waking up every day. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. 1 Peter 4 10 amplified classic. Each one has a gift as each one has received a gift. A particular spiritual talent. A gracious divine endowment. See what it says. It says each one of you. So everybody sitting here. Guess what? You have received a gift. What is that gift? It's a gift that has two things that I mentioned here. A particular spiritual talent and a gracious divine endowment. Every one of us. Employ it for who? For yourself. Is it for yourself? For who? So there is something you carry in your insights. There is something you have. That is for the benefits or the service of mankind and God. Every one of us. Every one of us. And it is for that reason you are here. So it's important you don't forget it. And that is your service. It is very important to God that God rewards it. In fact, our God by nature is a rewarder. Hebrews 11.6. Say he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It is who he is. It's his character. It's his nature. It's his name. God rewards. And he rewards service. He rewards service. It's something he has taken personal to watch over and to supervise and to make sure it happens. Anywhere God sees servanthood, he rewards it. That is the God we serve. And so we'll look at some scriptures, look at the rewards that God gives people that serve. Praise the Lord. So we start from Exodus 23 where we read. It says, you shall serve the Lord your God. Number one, he will bless your bread and bless your water. He will bless your bread and bless your water. What does that mean? I will explain it with the, the feeding of the 5,000 and the 3,000. When they gave Jesus the fish and the bread, the Bible says he collected it from them, gave thanks, blessed it, and gave it back to them. When Jesus returned the bread and the fish to them, it wasn't the same one he collected. 
When he returned it to them, it had changed form. He collected it, he gave thanks, he blessed it and gave it back to them. At that point, it was not the same bread and the same fish that he collected from that boy. It has, the blessing has come upon it. And so it has changed form. No wonder it couldn't finish. It couldn't finish. So he says that if you serve me, I will ensure that your bread and your water, that I bless them. That I put my blessing on everything that is your own. Including you, I will put my blessing on you. What does that mean? It means that a little for you will accomplish a lot. Just having five loaves of bread and two fish will feed 5,000. A 10,000 will shock you what it will do for you. Because my blessing is on that 10,000. And that is why I tell people, anytime, if you have 100,000 naira and you take 10,000 naira and you give as a tithe, that is service to God. Guess what will happen to the 90? He will put his blessing on it. And so it will accomplish what even the 100 could not accomplish. So he says that I will bless whatever is your own. If you are a farmer, therefore, you have 10 uh, your neighbor has 10 hectares and you have 1 hectare. Your neighbor gets 100 bucks. With your 1 hectare, you will get more than 100 bucks. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. It means that for you, little effort will accomplish much. Little effort. And so what you don't know is that while you are committing your time to service in church, come to church every time, and you are in children's church, you are in ministry of health, you are working here, Tuesday you are here, Thursday you are here, and you are wondering, what will happen to my business? Guess what? The little time you put in the business, he will expand it. Because you are serving. Because you are serving. I will bless it. If it's your own, my blessing will be on it. What does it mean? The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich. It means that whatever is your own, if God, when God puts his blessing on it, the Bible says that it will make rich and add no sorrow. It means that your children will make you rich and add no sorrow to you. It means that your business will make you rich and add no sorrow to you. It means that that your car, even though it's only one, it will make you rich and add no sorrow to you. Your neighbor will have four cars. They will be spending one million naira every month to fix them. You have just one car, that Ford, that, you are, that is difficult to hold it together. Somehow, somehow, it has remained faithful. It will walk and take you and bring you back. Why? Because it is the blessing of the Lord to you. It will make you rich and add no sorrow to you. So nothing of yours gives you headache. Hallelujah. The blessing. That God will bless you. Praise the Lord. It means that for you, God's provision for you will be outside natural laws. Outside natural laws. Look through the Bible and see how God provides. When Peter gave his boat as service for Jesus to preach from, what happened? The catch was, was, it wasn't a natural catch. It was supernatural. It was beyond the economics of those times. It was beyond geography. Nobody could calculate it. And so God provides for you supernaturally. Supernaturally. What a benefit. Bible says, Job 36, 11, If they obey and serve him, 
they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. It says, I will take sicknesses away from the midst of you. I realized this prayer not long ago. And so if you are serving God, if you are doing anything to God's glory, you can pray, Father, remove or take away this sickness. He says, I will take away. So in case the sickness comes, in case it is already there, speak to God. Then, Father, according to your word, because I'm serving you, remove this sickness from my body. Take it away. Take it away. Remove it. And God will do it. He does not lie. He does not lie. It's his promise. Very powerful promise for us. I will take away. And guess what? He can even grant you divine health. That you don't even fall sick at all. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. It means that you will be fruitful. You will bring, your life will bring results. So if you put effort, anywhere you put effort, harvest will come. You are not going to walk like an elephant and eat like an ant. It means that your seeds will yield harvest. It means that your effort, anywhere you put in money, your investments will bring in returns. So you are putting your investment, you are declaring over that investment. You are praying over it. I declare that you shall return to me because I serve the Lord. I will be fruitful because I cannot be barren. It's coming back to you. Fruitfulness. God will ensure that your seeds don't die in the ground. Your efforts are not wasted. But that they come back to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There is nothing like almost in your life. That every time almost and then it didn't happen. It was as if and then it didn't happen. Very close and then it didn't happen. Or it starts and then did not finish. But God will say, he that has begun the good work in you. He is faithful and he will finish it. He will finish it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I will fulfill the number of your days. This scripture means that everybody has what is called my days. You have your days. And our days are not the same. So everybody has days allotted to them. And God says that you will fulfill it. Jesus' life was short, but he fulfilled it. All. 33. Why? Because I told you that the reason for our living is service. He has finished what brought him. And so God fulfilled his days to the end. Enoch, the same thing. God fulfilled the days he wanted him to be here. So for some people it's 20, for some people it's 30. He didn't say you will live till Melchizedek. He said, your days, I will fulfill it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What a blessing. It means you will not become useless. Because as far as you are within your days, you are useful. To the glory of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 39. As we open there, let me des- describe this before we go in there. The, the, God promises us, 
and it's the next point we are going to in Genesis 39, that if you want to become great, you should become a servant, which means that servanthood is the road to greatness. Will I be right to say that? It is the road to greatness. So if you look at the coconut, the coconut fruit looks, see the picture, it looks rough. It looks dirty. There is nothing appealing about this coconut. Nobody wants to look like coconut. <laughs> it's ugly. This coconut is service. This is servanthood. It doesn't look appealing. Sometimes it looks humiliating. Sometimes it looks ugly. Sometimes dirty. When Mother Seriza was taking care of those people with all their wounds and diseases and running nose, cleaning it and all their dirt, it was very ugly. It was not palatable. Our service. When Nelson Mandela stood for freedom, and guess what? They took him, to, took him to prison. Guess what? It was very ugly. It was not beautiful. Everybody runs away from it. For some people, I saw a guy in one branch. I don't understand how he is serving in three ministries. Children's church of all places. And then he combined it with care group. And with Ministry of Health, Peace Force, him alone. One child here, one child here, one child here. After service, those children finish messing up his clothes, he will run to the car park. On Tuesday, he's back, Thursday, care group leader. People are serving him. Sometimes you think you are doing something. If you see some people, he doesn't look glamorous. As he's doing those things, as they are messing up his clothes, doesn't look exciting. But may I remind you that inside this coconut, inside the coconut, is the flesh, is the exciting part, is what we all want. Give me the next picture. Look at how it looks. Look how white it is. However, before you get to the white part, the flesh part, the exciting part, you have to pass through the shell. You have to pass through the shell. And guess what? Breaking the shell sometimes is work. Some of us have cut our hand with knife. <laughs> Trying to open coconut because we are going for the thing inside. Sometimes it's a screwdriver. You take first to create a hole. You are doing what? Working it. You are serving. Sweating. Going through the shell. Going through that service. Going through that car park. You are sweating. Going through the, you go to the hospital taking care of those sick people. You are sweating. Sweating. You are doing everything that you are doing. You are sweating. You are standing for the right. And you see traffic problem in Wuse Market. You go there to try and solve it. Guess what? Somebody, one taxi driver will abuse you. Another one will nearly knock you down. They won't even care about you. You are working it. But guess what? What you just don't know is that this shell eventually will break. 
as you walk it, you walk it. Depending on the amount of pressure work you apply on the coconut shell will determine when it will break and what you will get inside. And as long as it breaks, let me tell you, what is inside, this white part, this meat, guess what it is? That is greatness. You will arrive there. Hallelujah. So we look at the story of Joseph. Genesis 39 verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was, success, he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in, the side, in his side and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was when the, from, the, from that time that he made him overseer of his house that all he had, and all he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. You see the same thing? Anytime God sees a faithful servant, he will bring his blessing over that service. He blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Incredible. See this kind of service. If you are Joseph, <laughs> you are a slave. They are taking you. You know, I tell people, until they tell you, now your papa walk. You they walk and like say, now your papa walk. You are getting there. That is when you are getting there. Or you have people say, not be my papa walk now. I go kill myself. They, you, are, you are not ready. No, you are not ready. Joseph walked it as if now in papa walk. To the point where the man left everything for him. But you know what? Joseph's dream was to be Potiphar's boss. His dream was taking him to be above all the land of Egypt, as it will be declared about him later. But he found himself under Potiphar. It was as if God has called you to be president. You have seen it. In fact, you saw yourself being sworn in as the president of Nigeria. You saw yourself in your motorcade. Everybody was clearing road for you. You saw yourself making a declaration and every Nigerian is just falling down. <laughs> and then they send you to one office under one senior supervisor. Ministry of Water Resources. <laughs> you know that where God is taking you, you can fire this man with the blink of an eye. But you are now under him. So for Joseph to become Potiphar's boss, he had to serve under Potiphar first. And he had to do it well, as if he lie, his life depended on it. And he had to be faithful. You know, for many of us, the reason why we are not giving our best where we are is because we consider it, we tell ourselves that this is a stepping stone. This place is a stepping stone. 
what you don't know is that this stone eh, <laughs> that you are supposed to step on to get to your next level, you have to make it strong. You have to make it, you have to stabilize it. You have to put concrete under it so that when you step on it to move to the next level, it can carry you. But for a lot of us, we think the stepping stone can just be anyhow. When you step on it to move, whoop. You step on it to whoop. You step on it to move, whoop. Why? Because you are not taking care of it. In your mind, it's just a stepping stone. I am going elsewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, until you give your best where you are, until you give your best where you are with all your life, you are not going anywhere. Even though there is reward for servanthood, you may not see it. You have to work it like Joseph did. Joseph gave all. As if that was not enough. <laughs> you know, if you are doing well, say you should move forward, right? Talk. Potiphar's wife came. And there was trouble. You will always have a reason to quit. And to jump and go start another one. And ah, this ogre here today shout, self. Who does he think he is? You see my father. You leave him. You go and find another new ogre. You start with that ogre. Ah, that one. His wife will do something for you. You quit. You jump. You move to another walk again. And then they start. Then they will come and put one small boy in your head. You, you... <laughs> So they took him to prison because Oga's wife lied on him. Joseph found himself, guess where? In prison. Joseph should have just gone there and first introduced himself as Potiphar's main servant and tell them, put them where they belong and the need for them to serve him. They said the, the leaders of the Jews, they lord it over. No, he went there as a servant. As a servant. And the Bible said everything that was done in the prison was Joseph's doing. Which means that Joseph, when he's to clean toilet, or is Joseph. When he's to sweep, guess who? Joseph. When he's to arrange the bed, guess who? Joseph. Joseph could have said, I am here for wrong accusation. It doesn't even pay to serve God, self. Ah, I stood for God. I decided to, 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 because I don't want to offend God. I don't want to do anything that is wrong. So because of that, the, God has forsaken me. Because while God, while they were sending him to prison, God was just looking. God didn't do anything about it. It was part of the process. Part of the working of that shell. Part of that service. You know what Jesus went through to serve us? He gave all. And by the time Joseph found himself in that prison, he was doing everything. But then somebody came with a problem. He noticed. Let me ask you a question. Between Joseph and that butler, who do you think was supposed to be sympathizing with the other? <laughs> because of what happened to Joseph, they are supposed to be rubbing his back. Oh, sorry, Joseph. Ah, they didn't treat you well. Bele, bele. Oh, Joseph, why did they do this to you? Oh, this is not good. But Joseph was not feeling bad for himself. At that point is where a lot of us will say, I will withdraw to myself and take care of only myself. 
Have you ever had one million naira? You need 1.5. And then somebody comes with the need of 100,000. It's need the small law. You never get your own. You dig deep into what was not enough to solve their own problem. That was what Joseph did. He forgot about his own problem. He was looking at other people's faces. It will have to take that. It will have to take that. Unless you can get out of yourself. Unless you can get to the point of not being consumed by your own issues and your own problems. To look out for the needs of others to meet them. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, talking about Jesus that we read last week, considering others better than yourself. Let's eat one not look only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. So Joseph decided, you know what? Let me solve this man's problem. What is the problem? What Joseph didn't know is that inside this man that was supposed to be an EGR and a burden, was the connection to Joseph's promotion. He didn't know that. As he stepped in to solve the man's problem, he was able to link himself to the throne. He didn't know that. He didn't realize that. You see those things you are doing, and it looks like nobody is appreciating you. Nobody is throwing a party for you. They are not announcing you and saying, hey, see what he has done, and clapping for you. And in your heart, you feel that they are not even appreciating what I'm doing. The Bible said the God who sees in secret will reward how? Will reward openly. When they took Joseph to prison, probably not many people knew. But when he became prime minister, it was announced. In the whole land, they paraded him on the streets. Why? Because God took notice. God keeps record of your service. God keeps record and he brings reward for everyone. Praise the Lord. Let's look at another person in 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 8. Second Kings chapter 4 from verse 8. Now it happened on that day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. Notice this woman. She persuaded him. Can you imagine? It's as if you must go and eat. And guess what? For them, in those days, cooking is not like our own, no. You just enter your kitchen, put on your gas cooker, and put on. No, it's plenty suffering. So, you just see, she persuaded him to eat, but the process of preparing the food for him to eat is work. So, it was that as often as he passed by, <laughs> some of us, when we do it once, we do it twice. Any time the man is in town, we say, ah, this hungry man of God said, if he's truly a man of God, <laughs> if he's truly a man of God, is he supposed to be that hungry? <laughs> you see, every time, every time, every time, he'll be eating in my house. Verse 9. <laughs> and she said to her husband, look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. 10. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall. 1. Put a bed for him there, too. 
a table, three, a chair, four, and a lampstand, five. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. The man of God entered there. By the time he laid down and stretched on that bed, having 18 pounds a day, he said, Gehazi, call this woman. And he asked her a question, people. A question that only service can provoke. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? In fact, the same way she insisted to take care of the man, the man insisted that I must do something for you. <laughs> and guess what? They insisted until Gehazi leaked a secret. He doesn't have a, she doesn't have a child and the husband is old. Now that, that husband and the husband is old. He's <laughs> He was saying a lot of things there. So whatever he did to the woman affected the man too. But whether they were old or not, service had, has, had initiated something. That thing had to bring reward because God is a rewarder of service. So it had to answer. And they had that child. Even when the child died, guess what? He brought the child back to life. He brought the child back to life. What do you want? Have you noticed that God asks a man this same question? When God asks Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? You can so provoke God to move like that for you on your behalf. And guess what? There are people that are very dear to God's heart. Because of what they are doing with their lives. Because they are useful to God. Because they are teaming up with God to solve the issues of mankind. They are teaming up with God to, 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 to achieve the projects of heaven. And so they are very special to God. And he takes them like that. He takes them like that. Jesus gave the highest service any man can ever give. His very life. His very life. Guess what? Jesus is now at the highest position in heaven or earth. Have you noticed that? The greatest service gave birth to the greatest position in life. The greatest service gave him the greatest name. The highest service gave him the highest name. The higher the service the higher the promotion. The higher the service, the higher the upliftment. The higher the sacrifice, the higher the upliftment. The higher you emptied yourself for people and for God, the higher God will lift you. And as I end this morning, when you look at the story of uh, the story of Rebecca. Was it Rebecca and Rachel? Keeps confusing me. Rebecca and the servant went to get her as wife for Isaac. Do you know what this woman did? <clears throat> After the Bible says she went down to fetch water. After she had come up, suffered to come up. 
As a lady, say, as a gentleman, you will say, let me help you to fetch more. The man said, give me to drink. This woman looked at him and said, I will give you to drink, my Lord. My Lord. And I will also give you a camels. Feed all your camels. A camel takes about 53 gallons of water. And the Bible said there were 10 camels. That is 530 gallons of water. <laughs> Go down, fetch, and come up and keep. Go down, fetch, and come up. And she said, until every camel has taken the water. What she didn't know, the Ginobina, was that that very servant she was saying, my Lord, too. She was going to become his owner. Because in those days, you own servants. She was going to become the wife of his boss. And guess who will own her now? Who will own him? It will be her. The camels she fed will become her camels. You see the humility. She didn't think, uh, what she would have done was, you know, the Bible says she is very beautiful. Read your Bible, very beautiful. And she's a virgin no man had ever been with her. She had everything going for her, you know. I thought she could just. <laughs> I mean, when she saw him, imagine you are the one. Go down, fetch water, and bring up. High cheek, Abuja babe. <laughs> Give me first. Oh, Lord. By the time they scan you, you'll actually think they see your intestine. They scan you and scan you down. Not saying a word though, and then they will drag one his. Mm. By the time they look at you and look at you and, and they give you that, you have finished though. But you say, I will give you, my Lord, and I will feed your camel. And I will. God doesn't have time lifting people who are full of themselves. So when Jesus removed everything and took that towel and was cleaning his disciples' feet, he was telling them, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. I'm laying an example for you. Can we be serving ourselves? Can we be serving ourselves here? Can we reach out to ourselves? Can we be humble with ourselves? Can we just be real with ourselves? Can we bear one another's burden? Can we go beyond ourselves? Wake up every day to ask yourself, to me, it has been given a gift. What am I using it for today? What issue am I solving? Where is God going to use me? And what am I going to do with my life? And God will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to take the time, minute, to just pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. Ask that God will help you. This is difficult. It's difficult on the flesh. It's difficult on the flesh. Pray that God will give you the spirit of humility. That you learn to humble yourself. That you will learn to be selfless. That you will not look only for your interest, but the interest of others.
that you don't just take and take and take and take. For some people here, you are sitting down and you have decided I will do nothing in church. Because the last church I was, I was part of, they took advantage of me. They didn't treat me well. When Joseph got to that prison, he didn't change his mind to service. He continued doing it, even though he was defrauded in the last place. I want you to pray for yourself that God will open your heart to service. Pray that God will help you. I didn't have time to talk about husband and wife. Pray that we will serve ourselves. Husband will serve wife. Wife will serve husband. We will serve our children. You will serve your staff in the office. You will serve those that are under you. You will serve people around you. You will serve your neighbors. Just pray for yourself that God will help you. We are still praying. We are still praying. I want to take this time to pray for some people here. You may be here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need God in my life. The way my life is, I don't want to continue as it is. Please pray for me. I need God in my life. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe here this morning and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I want to commit my life to him. I want to hand over my life to him. I want to receive Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. I am going to pray for you. Maybe here this morning, I say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I have been leading myself by myself, but I want him to begin to lead me from today. I want to commit my future to him. I need God's intervention in my life, the way my family is going, the way my business or work is going, the way my relationships are going. I cannot trust myself. Please pray for me. I need God to intervene in my life. I will pray for you. If you are here this morning and you need that prayer, wherever you are seated, please just put up your hand and I will pray for you. Just put up your hand and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. Thank you. My sister, I see your hand. God bless you. Just put up your hand wherever you are and I'm going to pray for you. Say, include me in this prayer. Way back, I see your hand. God bless you. Any other person on the right, I see your hand. My brother, God bless you. Just put up your hand. Say, I want to be prayed for. I see your hand up on the balcony. God bless you. I need a change in my life. I cannot continue like this. I need God in my affairs. I need Jesus in my life. Please pray for me. I don't want to go back home with my life the way it is. Things cannot continue as they are. Please pray for me. I will pray for you. Just put up your hand quickly. We'll start praying in a minute. They and say, include me in this prayer as you pray. I need these prayers. Please put up your hand anywhere you are seated and I will pray for you. Please do one more thing for me. If you want this prayer, just stand on your feet. Wherever you are, just stand on your feet. Pick up your Bible. Pick up your back. Pack everything that you came to church with. Walk up here to the front and I will pray with you. The rest of us, please put your hands and encourage them as they come. Thank you for listening to this message. You will be blessed when you do the things that you have heard. You can make a brand new start in life by becoming a child of God. It's as easy as believing in your heart as you say the following prayer. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Jesus, come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. I declare right now that I am born again. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Congratulations if you just said that prayer. It is important that you join a Bible-believing church immediately so that you grow in knowing Christ. We would love to have you visit our church in Abuja, Nigeria. For more information about this ministry, you can visit our website at www.fwcabuja.org. God bless you. Family Worship Center. We care.